welcome to the sixth episode of the Habibi Collective podcast, an educational resource and insider guide to the film industry. I'm Bella Barquette, and it is my absolute, absolute pleasure and excitement to welcome director and producer Anne-Marie Jasser to the show. Anne-Marie is a founder of Philistine Films, an independent production company which aims to support new voices and to offer a platform for the emerging independent Arab film scene. Philistine's movies have been official selections of the Cannes Film Festival twice, screened in Venice, Berlin, Toronto, and Tribeca, a finalist for an Academy Award, as well as more than 300 other festivals and numerous awards. Okay, so let's jump right in, I guess. You are a writer, director, and co-founder of a production company, and also so, so much more. So I guess my first question, kind of naturally, is about you as a storyteller and filmmaker. What initially inspired you, and how did you how did this kind of lead to co-founding your production company, Philistine Films? Yeah, well, hi, nice to, to be here, nice <laughs> to talk to you. Um, I guess I would say, you know, I'm, that that is the main thing uh, for me is, is is that I, you know, storytelling is 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 the is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and and how Philistine films came about was not so much in a sort of traditional way to you know fund or uh, fa- sorry not fund but found a company, um, but basically when I started uh, working in cinema and started to you know become a filmmaker and find my voice, um, I I I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to start. I. Um, I moved to the only place really that I could think of uh, at the time, um, which was Los Angeles to, you know, start learning about cinema. Um, And I lived in LA for, you know, many years. I um, I worked uh, in any kind of job that I could, um, you know, started, uh, you know, as a production assistant, working with production companies, uh, producers, you know, agencies, um, you know, I ended up at a literary agency, um, which re- represented um, writers and directors, and I was reading a lot of scripts. Um, and so, th- you know, I, I, I wanted to make films, but I didn't know, you know, how uh, to start and where to start and really what it meant to make films. Um, and one thing, you know, in, in LA was that I, I really couldn't find, um, you know, where, you know, where were our stories, where were, you know, the Arab voices, um, there weren't really any around me and I didn't know anybody. So I started to track down, um, you know, whatever um, Arab producers and directors that were out there that I, that I knew um, not that I knew that I wanted to know about internationally, but you know those who were based in LA. And at the time, I was also more interested at that stage in my life, I would say, in, in documentary filmmaking and, and writing. So you know, I tracked down you know various people, and you know I was asking for internships, jobs. I mean, whatever I could find. Um, you know, when I when I had moved to LA, it was it was. Um, you know, I, I rented a, a couch, basically. I, I was living on a, on a you know, a, a couch, which I shared with a friend. One week it was her time on the couch, one week it was my time on the couch. Um, and so LA was a very difficult place for me. It was a very tough place um, to sort of uh, break in. Um, not that I ever broke in, but <laughs> you know, it was, yeah. it was tough and I felt very lonely out there. Um, but I remember there was a woman, 
um, named Joan Mandel, who had made a documentary. This was back in 94, 95. She made a documentary called Tale from Arab Detroit. And I heard that she was living in LA. So I contacted her, you know, amongst many other people. Yeah. And I contacted her, I called her and, and she, she was one of the few people who answered me. Um, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm interested in working with you. How can I, I want to learn from you. I want to, you know, she had a production company. I don't remember the name of her production company. I think it was like Olive Tree Productions or something like that. Yeah. I said, I, you know, I'd like to work for you. Can I, you know, can I apply for a job? And she, I remember she said, can we meet for coffee? And so I met her for coffee and she said, you know, you're looking at Olive Tree Productions. I'm it, you know, and I was, you know, I, there was, you know, I was innocent then. And I said, I don't, you don't have a production company. And she said, I am, I am the production company. I just make my own films. You know, it's, it's just me. <laughs> and I can't really offer you a job because I don't have any money. I just go from, you know, film to film. Yeah. Um, and she was very generous and sweet. She's like, I'm happy, you know, to, to, you know, advise you, support you, whatever, but I don't, you know, I can't, I can't hire you. I don't have, you know, this is how, this is how it works. And she sort of explained how, you know, the independent side of things, you know, works. Yeah. And so, yeah. Kind of, did you, were you aware of this before meeting her, how, you know, truly independent it was, how it was just her in a way? No, I really wasn't. I wasn't. And as you know, it's as funny as it, it sounds now because that, that's our that's you know that's our life now. But I, I wasn't. And uh, but I, you know, <laughs> she was she was great. And I ended up, you know, finding you know all these odd jobs and I, I did learn a lot. But then I, I also felt limited and I, I felt that definitely this is not the kind of cinema, the kind of filmmaking that was happening in Los Angeles was not the kind of filmmaking I was interested in. Um, these were not the kind of stories that, that stayed with me. And definitely, definitely the Palestinian voice was completely absent. Mm -hmm. um, I even had a couple of jobs where um, I had one, one, uh, one of my, my uh, bosses, a producer. Yeah. He said, you know, when we met, when I interviewed you, you told me you were Palestinian. I think this is something you shouldn't mention. He said, I don't have any problem with it. But if you want to have, you know, find work in this industry, in this city, um, I suggest you don't mention it. Okay. Uh, that's my advice to you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's and, big <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I appreciated his honesty. And it was like, you know, I'm coming, you know, I'm telling you this as a friend. But anyway, LA wasn't for me. And so I, and I also felt that I wasn't learning enough about the, the actual craft of, you know, filmmaking. So eventually I did, I did go to film school. Mm. For me, that was, that made the most sense. Um, I, I didn't, I, I just felt that I, I wasn't learning enough about, you know, what I, what I really wanted to do. Yeah. So I, I moved to New York and that's where Philistine films, the idea of Philistine films sort of came about. And then, so when you were, you know, were there any unforeseen or even kind of foreseen challenges that you kind of might have encountered when setting up Philistine or whilst running it? From, from well, when, when I set it up, it was really, um, it, it began really as a collective, a film collective. There was a, a few of us that were just helping each other, um, you know, make, make our films. Um, helping, I mean, I would, I, I, I would shoot for somebody, um, I, you know, we were all exchanging, you know, hats, doing whatever was needed. 
um, and 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 the, I, I thought of it as a collective, um, you know, and never a, a company. Um, and then and and it was like whatever you know we need to do for each other, we we will do to make our films. And you know sometimes you're you're a gaffer, sometimes you're a director, sometimes you know whatever. So that was how the idea of it you know came about. And then. Um, you know, eventually when I started to, you know, make my films, I was doing a lot of experimental films, things that were very low budget that I could, you know, just get on it, you know, get on an, you know, editing machine and do, you know, shoot something myself. But when I started to make films where I actually needed a crew, um, that meant, of course, um, you know, I needed money. Um, you have to pay your crew, you have to pay for equipment, you have to pay for things. That's, you know, that's the reality of, yeah. of our work. Yeah. So I started, so it became, you know, I started fundraising for like all my short films, my early short films. It was, you know, I, I, I you know, finding money to make them was sort of, it was pre crowdfunding as well, like pre Indiegogo and all these things that, that stuff didn't exist, but it was kind of the same. I mean, I would, I would write letters to, to people. I just remember writing letters, um, printing them, you know, emailing them or mailing them, um, you know, asking for any kind of support and, you know, explaining the project, you know, pitching the project, asking for support. And then, uh, you know, I would get back envelopes in the mail with a check, um, maybe for $5, maybe for $50, you know, 200 sometimes, you know, it was, it, it all depended. But all my short films were made like that. So if you see the credits, you, you, you know, you have tons and tons of names because any kind of donation, um, you know, helped, helped to make, make the film. Um. And kind of, I think this was touching on a point that you said previously, but um, so you have, so kind of running the company, you lived in multiple locations, like you were saying, and then how were you almost able to manage different audiences? I mean, if you even had to um, in running a Philistine film, like did you have to change your methods or approaches or even presentation of yourself kind of from one location to another? Like when you lived in the US versus- Yeah, I feel, I guess because I live in a lot of different places and always have, and I'm always, mm. you know, moving. I'm kind of an, you know, you know, the, the nomad um, <laughs> <laughs> complex. Um, you know, I, I feel, you know, wherever I am is 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 almost, you know, is 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 home. Um, I don't. No, I think it's it's really. I mean, Philistine Films. You know, the idea was to, you know, be able to to make to make our work. And then I guess the way it's changed over the years is that, you know, at some point, um, you know, I do, I, I also teach, I also mentor, I, um, I'm involved in other projects, you know, that sometimes they're my own as, you know, uh, you know, the writer, the director and the producer, Salt of the Sea, I was a producer on Salt of the Sea, um, but, you know, more, you know, you know, I, you know, to, to raise the funds and, and things like that, but not a, what I call a real producer because, you know, being a producer uh, is a real job. Um, and that's not something I'm interested in. Um, so, I'm, so I'm involved in film sort of as a creative producer, as an executive producer. Um, I've been involved in films um, via, you know, Philistine Films also as, you know, just being on set for, the, for a director 
um, you know, kind of creative producer, but also one that's on set, you know, if they, if they want. Um, like there's a, you know, a young filmmaker I worked with and, and, and they asked me to be on set with them behind the monitor. And I just, you know, just quiet. I sit there and then they want to ask something, they ask something. If they don't, they don't. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's just, you know, finding, you know, creating a network of, of support because I really believe, you know, we, you know, I, I know what it's like not to have any support and not to have anyone to turn to. I didn't know who to ask questions to. I didn't know how to, you know, where to go. Um, I didn't have a mentor. So I really wanted, you know, Philistine Films to be something that would be helpful um, for, you know, sometimes you need to, for example, a, a filmmaker, you know, they're producing their own film, but they need to apply to funds. So they need, you know, uh, they need a company behind it. Um, that's what funds sometimes ask for. So it's like, you know, it's like being there in the different ways that each particular film project or filmmaker needs. Um, you know, and, and also to create, um, you know, we all, we all become better when we're all, we're all together. Um, you know, Salt of the Sea, for example, uh, it was a compli very complicated production. It was my first feature and we had um, eight co-producing countries involved and all for a little bit of money. I mean, every, every you know, country, uh, you know, had, you know, a producer had brought in a, a small amount. Um, and sometimes with, you know, the way co-productions work is that you also have to hire, therefore, you know, people that are from those countries of co-production yeah. um, because there has to be an expense in those countries. But, you know, Salt of the Sea is being shot in Palestine. And I, it was very, very important for me that we hire Palestinians. Um, you know, we hire a local crew and some of the, you know, the European producers were concerned about that. They said, you know, we, you know, we can bring in somebody from, you know, Belgium or from France or whatever, who's much more experienced, but I didn't want experience. I mean, of course you need experience and that helps, you know, a film and it helps everything. And, but, you know, it was more important for me is that we, you know, we can't keep making films at the time, especially a lot of, you know, we, you know, we were making films, you know, Palestinian films and Arab films in general, a lot of times we're bringing foreign crew from outside. They, you know, shoot the film and then the crew leaves. Um, and there's no way to build an industry. There's no way to start making our own films if we continue to, to be reliant um, on that kind of setup. So it was, you know, it was it was important to, to hire Palestinians and we did. And I'm really glad because also when the when when a film has personal meaning for the crew, when it means something, what we were doing um, meant something, you know, the crew experience doesn't help with that. You really have to have your heart in what you're doing. Um, you know, and that 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 puts the stamp of, of the, you know, the crew and the identity of the film yeah. there is really interesting in that sense how was it the kind of work like you were saying um with sort of the sea how was it to work with different companies when you were co-producing versus kind of those you hired locally how was was there kind of a difference or how was that yeah it was really it's a good question because it was extremely difficult it was it was really a nightmare of a of a production because there at the time also of salt of the sea i salt of the sea was not made with any arab 
funds or money. Um, and it was my first film and I was shopping it around. I was meeting with people all over the Arab world and everybody's response was the same. They said it was too political. The script was too political. Um, these are, you know, Arabs. They, they don't want to deal with the Palestinian story. People don't want politics. People don't want to hear about this story. Um, I sort of kept getting the same response. Yeah. And in the end, you know, I didn't, I didn't have, any, you know, there's no, you, you, you know, you'll see it in the credits. There's, there's no Arab, you know, it's entirely funded, um, you know, through, through uh, basically European money. But that makes it makes it very difficult because when you have you know European funding, you know the budget goes up a bit, and it doesn't necessarily go towards the film. It goes to producers' overheads and producer costs. Yeah. Um, it meant that when we after I shot the film, because we had you know it's entirely shot in Palestine, and the crew is Palestinian for the most part. Though we did have like heads of department, of course, um, from those countries. Um, you know, the cinematographer was French. The production designer was Belgian, mm. um, but all the post-production had to be in Europe and we had to make there, then make the expenses um, because when you take, you know, you know, uh, money, you, you have to, from a, you know, whatever country, you have to also do the expenses in that country. So I had all my post-production, um, you know, in, I, I was editing in, in Paris, for example, but the editor was from Belgium, but the film lab was in Switzerland. Our sound designer was in Holland, and I was like for you know months with a suitcase, just going from you know country to country around Europe, um, trying to you know make the film, finish the film in post production, and as a result of that, when we made when I saw you, um, you know a few years later, I it was definitely a reaction to Salt of the Sea in terms of how that production was set up. Um, when I saw you, it was entirely, you know, Philistine films and the money was 100% Arab um, finance. The production was 100% Arab money, um, Arab financiers and, and funds, um, which had, you know, had not, I had not, you know, done before, but it was really important to do that you know, even in Salt of the Sea after, you know, at the screening in, in Cannes at the premiere, there was an Arab producer in the audience and she came up to me, she was Palestinian actually, and she said, I am so um, ashamed when I watched, I feel so ashamed when I watched your film. And <laughs> what do you mean? That's like, yeah, it's that bad. And she said, no, I mean, it's so, I'm so moved by it. And it's such, it's so intense. But, and then I saw the credits. She said, I watched the credits and I didn't see a single Arab name in the credits. And I felt so ashamed that, you know, this kind of film would not, and then, you know, we talked about it and she said, I'm in on your next film, I'm in. And so, you know. How did you feel hearing that from her, kind of watching the credits? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm glad she noticed because it's not right. I mean, you know, and things have definitely, the landscape has changed since then. I mean. Now, I mean, after that, there were funds, you know, from Dubai, you know, from Abu Dhabi Film Festival, like, you know, um, Afak, you know, all these places have now come up and they've, they've really made a difference in Arab cinema. They've really, I mean, you know, you watch Arab cinema today, you see that it's being supported locally. It's being, you know, that there have been Arab funds 
and the quality of films have become, you know, the, the quantity has become more and the quality has gone up. And, and, it, and it really is, is you know, important um, that, you know, again, to break this, this reliance yeah. on, you know, European funds, on co-productions to be able to, you know, make our own films without, without conditions. Of course. And that kind of relates to what we were saying previously about how you know, there's this commitment to kind of hiring locally um, and this kind of communal teaching and training and education. Can you talk a bit more about that? Like, how are you, how do you facilitate this environment of like education and training um, to kind of build this truly independent cinema? Yeah, I think, I mean, in different ways. I mean, I, I do, you know, like I said, I mentor a lot. I, um, I'm involved in a lot of projects, sometimes um, as a script consultant or writer, um, or just, you know, you know, uh, that's the thing about being all connected and all helping each other. And, and, and it's, it's not competitive it shouldn't be competitive it's re it's really really a tr you know true that it, you know when when we are all, when one of us is better we're all better when Nadine Lebeki makes a film you know it doesn't matter what you think about the film when she is successful when you stay you know you see that an Arab woman is successful um you know that her film has done well we all do well um because you know the the, the global landscape is that you know it, it, and we all, I keep hearing it again and again from outside people, they will tell you nobody wants Arab stories. People are not interested in Arab stories. People don't want Arab stories that don't have stars in them. Mm. And then you say, well, look at Nadine's films. They didn't have stars in them and they were commercially successful. I mean, you know, you can have, you know, we, we are the ones who are going to, you know, set the tone and, and change the landscape. Um, and I don't think, you know, anyone can put, uh, you know, uh, boxes on how, you know, this will not work because of this, or this will not work because all the time Arab filmmakers, whether they're working in a, you know, commercial, commercial way or more, you know, experimental, whatever it is, um, you know, we're, we're constantly, you know, changing and pushing, you know, the, you know that bar is just coming up um, all the time. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I was reading, I think it was on the Philistine website. Um, I was saying that um, there's you guys have an interest um, for in challenging thought provoking and original movies from filmmakers with distinctive visions and has established itself at the forefront of independent cinema in the region, producing films for both the large and small screen. So I guess kind of my next question is, like in that sense, how do you select or decide on the various kinds of content or what stories to tell and whose? In yeah um well you know i have to say so i at so at one point you know i don't want to be a producer you know i want to you know i'm more of a writer and a director so yeah at some point you know a few years ago i took a step back really from the production role i mean i am sort of involved as i said in in, in some productions more in a creative way um a creative producer or whatever but the you know the real producer right now in the company um, is Usama Bawardi, mm. and you know we have you know there's a slate you know we have you know productions coming you know for the you know uh, full slate for the next two years, um, and the films that we decide to do are films that are meaningful. 
um, to us. I mean, everything is you know subjective, but they're they're important films. They're voices that need to be heard. That we feel. I mean, uh, you know, we both know what it is to come um, you know come up against obstacles. Um, I'm I always here in in my you know my work. You know, why why is everything political with you? Why is everything you know political? It's not. I mean, everything is personal mm -hmm. actually. Um, and you know whatever the personal becomes you know is political that's you know you 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 make films about what you know the world you you live in or the world that you want to live in um so with philistine films i mean you know if if you look at the films from the past you know few years um you know we worked with this you know young director um Zendurai, who's in jordan um she did this beautiful short film called horizon um, she's someone who worked uh, with Philistine Films on several productions um, in different positions, and she also wanted, you know, to become a filmmaker. Um, and so we supported her, um, and she made this beautiful short film. Now, recently, last year, she has a new short film called "Give Up the Ghost," which is on the festival circuit, which is a beautiful film. Um, and she's now in development on her feature. And I, you know, I saw in Zane somebody with a lot of talent and a lot of drive. Um, and I think she's gonna, she, I know she's gonna do really, you know, great things. There's um, a short film called In Overtime, which was, which came out in Venice that we, we produced by Rami Yassin. Um, it's about um, a guy that's coming out to his father um, you know, and I know it's it's the same thing with the with with whatever politics. I mean, everything in our region is you know we're being uh, it's it's we know which films are hard to make, and a film about a guy coming out to his father is not a film that is going to be supported by a lot of funds um, in the Arab world. Um, and it was a, it's a really it was a really simple story and a beautiful story. So you know we were part of that. We um, co-produced May Masri's 3000 Nights, um, which took her, you know, years to find, uh, you know, to get, you know, uh, to make that film. Um, but it was, you know, it's, you know, they're, 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 they're you know, it's, May Masri is somebody who was very important, is very important in, in our cinema. She, she was one of the first, you know, um, Palestinian um, voices um, and, and it was very interesting to us that she was moving from documentary to fiction. Um, there are Syrian filmmakers that we work with, um, uh, Rana Kazkaz um, and Anas Khalaf, they did a short film that we were part of called Mare Nostrum uh, a few years ago, um, and they've just completed uh, their first uh, feature film called The Translator, which uh, just came out this year that we, we co-produced um, again, you know, Syria is like Palestine. Uh, you know, there, there, there's, there's, uh, there are stories that, you know, are, are difficult to find uh, funding and support for. And uh, I think, you know, we, we don't have funding, like we're not a financing, you know, address, mm -hmm. but we can, we try to, you know, help make the film, you know, happen and and get out there i mean by you know by any means necessary yeah um and kind of in connection to this um so as a prominent prominent palestinian filmmaker how do you kind of see the world's response both to your films and production company changing towards the palestinian narrative 
I don't know if it's changing. Um, you know, we we just were part of uh, Osama was just working on uh, just uh, as a producer on Hani Abbasad's new film Huda Salon. Um, Hani is a filmmaker who I think maybe you know is our you know. He's well. He's definitely the only one who's been, you know, nominated, um, you know, for for the for the Oscars. And most people, you know, when I travel, um, you know, art house people, they know, of course, you know, Elise Lehman is. Um, but I think in a more commercial way, Hani Abbasad has has reached audiences that um, none of us have. Um, at the same time, even Hani. Is why I bring him bring him up. Has never made a film that's you know commercially successful, um, and he, you know he hears it, I hear it, we all hear it. Again, this story that you know no one's really interested in the Palestinian narrative. This is what we're told, but I don't believe it. I don't believe that's true. Um, you know Palestinian stories. I, I don't believe that's true, but I, I don't know if things are ch are getting better. I actually feel like they're getting worse. Um, okay. <laughs> Could you expand on that? That's really interesting. <laughs> well, I don't, you know, I think, I mean, I think things are getting better in the sense that I think there are more and more filmmakers um, that people are finding ways to, to you know, tell their stories, uh, you know, Palestine, you know, Dari Kelema, for example, the film school in Bethlehem, like there's really talent, a lot of talent coming out of there. You know, there's, there's you know, the, the talent is there, the actors, the, the crew, the, the, you know, the filmmakers are there. Um, but I think there's still a certain, you know, cliche about Palestine that, people want to see on screen, if at all, if they want to see anything on, on screen. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I, I think that that's, uh, I don't know, sometimes I feel like we're still, you know, things are getting better, but we're still so far. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I can't tell you how, how many times I, I really, I hear that, like, can, you know, why don't you make, uh, do something that's not about Palestine? Why don't you do something that's not political? Why don't you, and I always wonder, I mean, nobody says that to filmmakers from other countries, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, nobody says that to French filmmakers. Can you not make something so French, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of in that sense, so being a, producer has it kind of added anything to kind of your role as a storyteller or a director in that way like your experience as a um, producer working with different directors and different projects has that added anything to your own kind of um directorship or well i i think so i mean i i, I like to um i love to see how other people work um i like to learn from you know um, you know, I, as a director, uh, and as, you know, I, I, I like to see how other filmmakers, um, how they work, how they, how they, uh, you know, think about their, their films, how they work with their actors. 
um, as you know, then I, you know, as a producer, it's, you know, you know, it's, you get to have these kinds of conversations about story, um, about, you know, uh, script um, that, you know, and I, like I, you know, I, I do a lot of script consulting, for example. I mean, the, the thing is, is that no one can tell you what to do. No one knows better than you. You know, it's for, that's, that's for, you know, for filmmakers, when you have something to say, you know, as a writer or as a director, you are the one who knows what you want to say and how to do it. And people can become involved who, you know, we, when, I, when I become involved with a, with a script as a consultant or as a co-writer or something, um, and even as a, you know, as a producer, my job is to help that person f feel confident and find their vision and do it the way that they need to do it. Not the way it should be done because there is no way it should. There is no should or shouldn't. There's no right or wrong. Um, that's why I hated LA. If we go back to LA, LA was very much about a system that this is how you make a successful film. In the first three minutes, this has to happen. In 10 minutes, this has to happen. I mean, there's a, there's a very specific structure, which I know very well because of of you know living in LA and working in a literary agency and reading you know ten scripts a week, and also because I went to film school, so I, you know the, a very classic classical training. Um, but what I, if I've if I've learned anything, it's it's that you know what that that there is no you know there's no right. I mean I don't want, I'm not interested in films. I like flawed films. I like films about you know flawed people, broken people crazy structures, things that are, you know, really like experimenting with something, you know, something new. And I think, you know, as you know, a lot of young filmmakers, when they're trying to apply for funds, they're trying to find support um, and they get a lot of advice and they get, they get workshop, they get, they end up going to a lot of workshops where sometimes I think those workshops really can be dangerous because, you know, it's about, you know, trying to tell them you need to plug into this system in order to, you know, for the, for the story to work. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's important to know the rules, but I think that the, you know, the, what is, what is beautiful about cinema is the poetry of it, the poetry of it, that, that you can't explain everything. Definitely. Um, kind of, I guess, in a similar light or, um, did you then encounter any mistakes or difficulties during any of your projects and how did you then come to deal with it? Yeah, I've encountered a lot of difficulties. Um, I've made mistakes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think, I mean, there's this, yeah. I mean, every, everything is a learning, uh, each one has been a learning experience. Um, you know, I, I think one of my biggest mistakes, and of course I make, I make a lot of mistakes and I, I learn a lot of things. It's always about learning, but um, I, I, those are the things that, that, you know, I feel like they, that's what will help improve the craft. But, uh, you know, one thing for me is, is like this thing about finding how you want to work. Um, and you, you only find that by, by working. Um, by making films and by trying things. And I remember one of my first short films, um, a film called The Satellite Shooters, which is not a very well-known film. Um, it was before I made like 20 Impossibles. 
I worked on that script and I worked on that script and I worked on that script so much. Um, and until I thought it was perfect. And then I brought it to my actors and, and it was like a heavy block, I think. I, I just, here's the script. And I didn't want to change anything. I didn't want to, you know, it was like the script was precious. And I didn't give them any room to breathe. I didn't give them any, you know, I really like, I, I, I say I imposed it on them. And the film is not a good film. Um, and, and that is the, I think that is definitely the reason why, um, because I wasn't open, I didn't stay open um, to, you know, things change, things always change. When I, when I write today and then I have, you know, I work with my actors, you know, I, uh, they, they know things that you don't know. They have things to say, you have to be open and magic happens sometimes, random things happen for a reason and they change. And I think it's really important as a, as a, as a director, but also as a producer to, to always be open to those things and, and have your eyes open and your ears open to, to that, that change that that's, that's what, you know, cinema is about movement moving, not about, you know, something heavy on your head. Um, and then what kind of advice then would you give to kind of budding um, production company um, leaders or directors alike? I think, well, it's, it's, you know, um, for companies, production companies or producers, um, you know, a, a good producer is someone who knows about every aspect of filmmaking. A producer should know how to edit, should know how to shoot, should know about, I mean, they don't have to be a cinematographer, but they should know about all aspects of, of a film. Um, you know, that, that is a good producer. Okay, you know, of course, you know, they're good at, you know, their job of, of you know, producing, which is, you know, and dealing with the, the business side of, of things with, you know, dealing with, with the numbers, et cetera. But really a good producer um, is a cinemaphile. Mm. Um, and and they, they help, you know, make, uh, you know, help a director to, to um, you know, achieve, their vision and they support that um, and their own, you know, their own uh, stamp as a producer is on that and advice for filmmakers um, is, uh, you know, I, it's all for me, it's always about coming back to the, the fact of, of your instinct to, to learn how to, to trust your instinct. And uh, you know what I was saying earlier about the right and the wrong, um, you know that that you know there is no right or wrong, and and you and you have to you know be brave, and you have to know that you make mistakes, and some things just don't work. Um, you have you know you can try things, and 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 you should, and if they fail, that's good. That's good too. Yeah. And then um, on a kind of final note, what are your plans for the future, and how do you see? the cinema industry developing in Palestine in the years to come? Um, 
Well, my plans, I'm, I have a couple of projects in development right now. Um, and strangely, in these COVID times, I think I've, I'm busier than, than I, I ever have been, but, you know, from, <laughs> from lockdown. Um, so I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing different things. Um, I'm in, in, you know, my, my mostly, you know, in development on my next feature, but I'm uh, uh, also working on a, my first animation this year. So that'll be coming out soon. Not soon. It'll be happening. It's happening this year. I don't know when it'll come out. Um, and for cinema in general in Palestine, you know, this was a, unfortunately, this was going to be a really, you know, 2020, now we're 2021, but 20, there were more Palestinian films in production this year than in the whole, you know, history of, you know, Palestine. Um, there were about, um, I don't know the exact number, but, you know, 12 or 13 feature films um, this year that were either shooting or about to shoot or in post-production. And we've never had that before. And filmmakers, you know, from all over doing, you know, doing different things, really great projects. And of course, all that was halted. Um, a couple of them managed to finish, but most of them did not. And, um, you know, that's too bad. But the upside of, of that is, of course, those films will get made and they will be finished and they will come out. But, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, I think it, it says a lot. I mean, you know, that, um, you know, we're, we're, we're getting, you know, we're hearing, you know, about, you know, new filmmakers. I'm, you know, most excited about the new generation. And a lot of those films were, that were halted or paused for, for now um, are by first time filmmakers. And, um, I, I don't know, that's, that's the most exciting thing. I mean, uh, you know, the, what, what the, the new generation is going to do um, is, you know, it's, it's really exciting. And, I, and, and, you know, Palestinians in general, we're never, you know, we don't like authority. So that's good for cinema because you see it in the films, you see it in the stories. Um, they've got a sense of, you know, humor um, but also there's a bravery in them. There's a, there's a bravery because, you know, we don't, we don't like authority. We don't like censorship. I mean, our, our, our freedom is important to us and that's not, not real, just not only freedom, you know, of, you know, of, you know, your life, but also in, in, in art. And I, so I'm excited. I'm excited about what's coming. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. on that positive note, thank you so much really for all your insightful commentary and it will most definitely be appreciated and helpful for kind of all the budding producers and directors um, and thank you all for listening and have a lovely day <laughs>